what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, CEOs, artists, musicians, fashion, tech, innovators, people in and around the world, you name it, hustlers, of course, uh, people who are who embody their work. They embody their body of work, right? Um, they are in it, they're on their grind, or they're um, really passionate about what they're building, often anti-status quo, as many of you guys are that are listening um, trying to do your own thing and learn from others in the process. And every week we have amazing guests that come on the show that also talk about what are they experiencing in real time on their journeys as well, too, because you guys know what is the mantra, what is the motto on the show. We do not glamorize or glorify end success. It is not overnight. And really, everybody's definition of success is very different. And it's more about what are we doing and learning in the process of who we are becoming. And when you guys start to see that we're all just humans and we're all having human experiences, you'll see that like everybody's going through something. Um, but if you really believe in what you're doing, uh, you'll get there. And uh, so that's my job here is to bring all these incredible people. And today is no different. Uh, as you guys know, uh, for some of the newer people, because I know we're growing a little fast these days, I'm Matt Gottesman. Uh, you guys can connect with me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman on uh, Instagram at, at HDF Magazine, where we also talk a lot about entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, creative uh, journey and expression. And of course, at Hustle Sold Separately, you guys also know I have answered each and every single one of your messages for six, seven years straight. DMs, texts, many chat, you name it. <laughs> uh, WhatsApp. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys, especially commenting on the wall. And I also appreciate the fact that you've been reaching out to every one of our guests and following them. Please do so, including our guest, my guest today, Warner Siebert, who is the CEO of Good Day CBD Beverage. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, but these guests are also here to connect too, right? So they've got amazing products and services. Go check them out. Um, they wouldn't be on this show in alignment with all of you if I didn't think that they were, right? So go check them out. Today, we're going to actually be talking about transitioning from one industry to a completely different one, what that actually looks and feels like, and specifically using going from the tech industry to a to consumer goods, more specifically a beverage, right? And so uh, the uh, who's the CEO, we're going to talk a lot about you know this going from one extremely different background, and I can tell you tech is a whole other beast. Um, but I, I personally think it prepares you uh, for pretty much any other industry. <laughs> if, if you wanted my personal opinion about it, because um, I spent 20 plus years in tech. Um, and I think knowing, having knowing an understanding of uh, a both a the front end, all these components that have to work 24-7 and be in complete alignment for the, the customer experience and audiences worldwide, there's a lot that goes into that. And when I think you start to apply that also to uh, consumer goods, uh, you know, and anything else, CPG, uh, consumer packaged goods, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, a journey. So we're going to get into it. I want to, I just want to queue up uh, again. Good day is a CBD infused beverage for balance, healthy lifestyle. You guys, um, CBD, as you guys know how I feel about the cannabis industry and CBD in general. So, uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. Warner, uh, seasoned leader, as I mentioned, uh, that knows uh, how to build and scale businesses. Prior to Good Day, he ran a 125 plus person 
uh, team as a senior vice president of market adoption at Cisco Labs, a division of Cisco Corporation. Uh, he was also previously co-founder and CEO of BuzzTable, a restaurant technology company backed by Microsoft Ventures, which was acquired by Cisco in 2013. And following the acquisition, Warner continued as a senior leader at Cisco's rollup of restaurant technology solutions under the name Cake, C-A-K-E, where he was SVP of sales and marketing and implemented a virtual sales model, which took annual revenues from 750000 to a run rate of $40 million plus in less than four years. Guys, that is not a small feat, and that takes a really great team and implementation. Uh, he's also an avid cyclist and adheres to a strict ketogenic and intermittent fasting lifestyle. I haven't done keto yet. I do intermittent fasting daily, so I totally get that. Uh, and then Warner graduated from Denison University and currently resides outside of New York City in Westfield, New Jersey, with his wife, Catherine, and daughter, Annabelle. Uh, what is going on, Warner? Thank you for being on the show, man. Uh, incredible background, by the way. Of course. Uh, excited to be on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the first question is always the same. Um, how did we get here to today? Which will definitely lead into the context of the theme that we want to talk about with this whole idea of, you know, what happens when we go from one industry to another. But w- walk us through a little bit about your background. You can go as far back as you'd like, but um, get us to good day. Sure. Um, you, you know, it, I guess I'll start with, in a nutshell, how I got to where I am today is uh, through taking a lot of uh, calculated and uncalculated risks. So uh, I'll start with uh, my career back in the hospitality industry, because I think it does kind of uh, play into why I've created a food and beverage product uh, today. Um, I always had a passion for, for food. You could call me a foodie. Um, I, I, you know, loved the restaurant industry and all throughout my teen years, I always had, uh, you know, a vision and a desire to be a restaurant owner. So all throughout my, I went to Denison university in Ohio, uh, every summer I would come back to Bethany beach, Delaware, kind of a sleepy, uh, family beach town on the Delaware coast. And I would run, uh, two frozen custard stands. Um, so it was a great opportunity for kind of an 18 year old to get thrown into the fire and basically run a business from start to finish. Um, I had some great mentors that kind of showed me what to do. Um, I think they just realized that I was competent and, uh, they put a lot of trust in me. So did that every summer. I loved it. I then started working in some of their restaurants. It was a great restaurant group that owned, you know, dozens of restaurants in the D.C., Baltimore metro area uh, and the Delaware Shore. Um, And when I was at, uh, you know, I used to sit in the back and I used to read entrepreneurship books, you know, all the time. Uh, Everything from, you know, The Millionaire Next Door to finance books, you know, anything about entrepreneurship and Um, one of those books, I can't remember which one it was said that, you know, the best thing they could recommend an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in training to do when they graduated college was go get a year of sales experience, um, and do it for a year. And if you don't make a dollar, it doesn't matter. You're just going to pick up so many life skills that will kind of take you, you know, further in your career in life. Uh, so I did that. I took a job working at Clear Channel, now iHeartMedia, and uh, I was a sales rep. I was, you know, my early 20s. Uh, it was a zero base pay uh, position. It was a $1,500 draw against commissions. If I didn't cover that amount, I basically went into deficit uh, the next month. So uh, talk about kind of getting dropped off, you know, into the <laughs> deep end. So I 
did that. I, I ended up uh, not sinking. I, I swam quite steadily. Um, was a you know top new business uh, earner for a number of years. Uh, kind of got into the digital side of all their digital properties, um, and kind of burnt out really quick. And I decided to quit uh, on somewhat of a whim and moved to New York City in uh, late 2008. The world and the world in general was somewhat kind of crumbling. And I ran into the burning building um, and started my first company uh, with some former colleagues, which was an advertising technology consulting firm. Uh, we represented a number of ad tech companies for outsourced business development arm. Uh, we basically sold other people's products and, and did a lot of the hard part of driving a relatively unproven product out to market, but learned a ton, um, learned how to not build a business. It wasn't the most sustainable. Um, we were getting big commission checks, but it wasn't really a scalable, repeatable process. It was, it was service work. Um, so from there, uh, we needed to build something. My business partners and I went out to a restaurant to brainstorm. A light bulb went off and uh, we came up with the idea for Buzz Table, literally standing outside of a restaurant. We said, let's create a, an iPad wait list that text people in their tables ready. We can drop a short link in there. We can create a one-to-one -one connection between the restaurant and the consumer, build out guest profiles. Uh, and that was BuzzTable. So we created that company. We got funding from ERA, Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator. That was the first money in over a, a quick two-year period, raised about a million dollars. Last money in was from Microsoft Ventures. Went to Cisco. Cisco ended up acquiring the company. And that's what took me out to San Francisco, where I ran the uh, consolidated uh, group of uh, companies that they rolled together. Uh, got phenomenal kind of big company, large management experience there. Um, and then once again, kind of got burnt out, wanted to do something new and had been talking about this idea, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, which was good day. And uh, November 1st of last year was when I officially put in my resignation. And uh, as of Kind of March 1st, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't leave Cisco high and dry. Um, March 1st, I, I was back full-time in as a as a entrepreneur and, and startup CEO. So yeah. I know that was, a, that was a long story, but uh, that's how I got to where I am today. Believe it or not, you might have been one of the shortest uh, <laughs> at explaining it. Which, but, but the audience loves it. I mean, the, your guys' journeys are, are always uh, phenomenal. It, a few really great things I thought, well, uh, there was a lot of great things in there that you said. I love the fact when you said calculated and uncalculated risks because um, some we can think through based off of our previous experience and, you know, and use that. And then there's, of course, others where we're just like, I don't know until I, <laughs> until I just jump. Um, I thought it was great that you had that early start with food and hospitality because so often I feel like people don't realize how close they are to their intuition when they're in that 14 year old their gut, their intuition knows something that their future self can be thankful for <laughs> before we go into a number of things. And I also like the fact that you said about getting sales experience. I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, I was taught that as a, as a teenager as well too. And then just in general, like the more you can really get into, let me really just understand the person I'm serving and do a really great job and give them exactly what they want while at the same time, you know, um, understanding how to make the process better uh, makes you unstoppable, I think, in almost any industry, you know, hopefully. Yeah, so. couldn't agree more that there's just so many things that you can learn, uh, you know, performing uh, a customer needs analysis and asking for business and 
and getting notes. I mean, that's the one thing that an entrepreneur needs to shed like water off of a duck's back is, is the nose because you get a hell of a lot more nose than you do yeses when you're uh, starting a company uh, or when you're asking for a sale. I mean, that's, it's just a numbers game. It, it absolutely, and you're absolutely right. You know, the, the thing is most people, if they get out of their head and, and the ego and if they get a no, they go, okay, okay, just qu- curious, is this something you need? And if they go, well, yeah. And you go, just curious, why, what could I have done better that would have showed you exactly what you needed? Because if this yep. is what you need, I just want to understand how to communicate to uh, your clones. <laughs> you yep. know? I tried that on a few people and they actually came back and, and they were like, oh, wow, we, we just had to have a conversation. I was just misunderstanding you. And you're like, I was misunderstanding you. <laughs> so there's so much to learn with that ego and you just, you just, you know, you're just there to help, right? You're there to serve. Um, Absolutely. Now, uh, which brings up a good uh, transition into talking about going from all this tech and into a beverage company. Now, clearly, clearly you you had this foresight years ago from just even intuitively wanting to be somehow involved in food and hospitality. But, um, you know, having these sales experience, having all the, the tech background, which you probably also worked a lot with, like branding, design, and all these things. Did it make it helpful for you when coming over from saying, okay, I'm not going to do the whole tech ecosphere anymore. We're going straight CBD and we're going to go beverage. And what was that transition like? And also, how did you, you know, how did you, how did you go through that? (laughs) What were some of the realities you didn't see going into it? Uh, Yeah. So, you know, and it's not like it's, so uh, I guess that's another kind of, it's a whole topic in itself in terms of, uh, starting a company with or without co-founders. Um, I've seen a lot of actually contradictory, uh, data out there. I've seen some articles saying that, uh, multiple co-founders, uh, have a higher likelihood of success. Uh, I've seen other articles that say that the solopreneur, uh, has a higher likelihood for success. I personally, um, have started three companies now. I've always had co-founders and I think having a co-founding team, uh, with complementary uh, yet not overlapping skill sets is extremely important. Um, so I'm not an engineer. My last company, BuzzTable, I had a brilliant engineer uh, co-founder. Um, at BuzzTable, I actually had four co-founders, so it was a, a pretty large team uh, in the beginning. Here uh, at, at Good Day, I've got two other uh, very brilliant co-founders. Um, uh, one, actually, Nick uh, Miller, uh, I met when I was starting BuzzTable in the in the uh, summer of 2011 in Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator and Incubator in New York. Nick was a uh, co a fellow CEO at another company called Parking Panda, competitor uh, Spot Hero, and went on to work at Facebook. Uh, so Nick jumped from Facebook. So actually, a similar kind of tech background to myself. The uh, other person um, uh, on our co-founding team is Andy Gabriel. Andy and I have actually known each other. Uh, for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, uh, we grew up together in Baltimore, Maryland. And coincidentally, Nick also grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. So three Baltimore, Maryland co-founders all together. But Andy, Andy uh, you know, was very much, uh, you, know, you know, kind of part of the impetus of starting a beverage company. Andy spent the past, uh, you know, call it seven, eight years starting a beverage company down in Miami, Florida, um, so I'll kind of back that into when I started thinking about this concept of, 
of uh, cannabis-infused beverages. You know, Andy was one of the first people I started talking to as he was a, a friend kind of in the beverage industry. Um, but how the idea originally came up and, and how I, you know, made the jump actually, you know, talk about, uh, you know, things aligning. When I uh, sold my company in 2013 in New York, I moved out to San Francisco. Um, I've always been a proponent of cannabis, uh, call it, call it that. And when I moved out to California, uh, and got exposure to, you know, now the recreational at the time, the medicinal dispensaries, uh, you know, a couple of things, just kind of another light bulb moment went off within, I would say the first, you know, six months that I was living in San Francisco and kind of walked into a dispensary. Um, you know, some of these dispensaries look like beautiful art galleries, but when you look, you know, later in my life, call it my thirties, I started putting a much uh, larger emphasis on health and wellness and, and, and especially nutrition. We talked about how I currently eat, you know, ketogenic. Uh, I love intermittent fasting. I typically don't eat anything today, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, typically a 18 to 20 hour fasting window a day, but anyway, whole separate conversation. When I walked into these dispensaries, um, it dawned upon me that everything in those stores was relatively unhealthy. You could smoke flour, not healthy for you. You could vape, which years ago I was figuring still could not be that healthy for you, which we all know now is, you know, uh, not the healthiest. And then all of the other ways to consume uh, cannabis from a from a, a an edible or consumable standpoint, it was sugar filled crap. I mean, it was it, it's gummies, it's candies, it's chocolate, it's you know the age old brownie, it's Rice Krispie treats, cookies, I mean, you name it, anything unhealthy with THC or CBD added to it was basically all your options. So I immediately kind of started thinking about, man, we have, we have a, you know, a cannabinoid opportunity here, uh, you know, molecules that can be attached to healthy food products or beverage products where you could end up with more or less a zero calorie or low calorie uh, food with low sugar. And then the next thing that dawned upon me was, how was there no beverages? I mean, there were a couple, but I just couldn't believe that, um, you know, I knew that the, that the technology was there to create infused beverages. Um, and I just thought, you know, these beverages are going to start taking uh, chunks out of the soda industry and out of the alcohol industry. Um, and, uh, you know, I started working on a deck when I was at Cake probably three years ago. Um, kind of in my spare time, it was a passion project that I kind of told myself that when I'm done with my stint uh, at Cisco after the acquisition, this is going to be my next company. I mean, it's been something that's been kind of in my mind for, uh, I mean, I've been doing this for a year, so probably, you know, go three years before that. It's been, you know, a, a, call it a dream or a vision uh, to do it. And um, the impetus for me to actually quit my job uh, with, you know, this was a very different um, time around the first two times I started a company, I was a bachelor living in New York city. Uh, I'm now married. I have a mortgage. I have a two year old daughter. So it was, it was harder to quit and take the leap of faith in myself this time, but the market indicators were there. Um, constellation, um, invested $4 billion into canopy, one of the largest grow operations up in, uh, up in, up in Canada. So when I saw that, I was like, all right, look, you know, one of the largest, you know, alcohol, you know, beer, beverage brands in uh, is obviously thinking similarly to what I'm thinking right now. And then 
I'll never forget. I was flying to Houston, um, you know, from my home in in outside the New York metro area, and when I was, you know, I connected to Wi-Fi and I saw an article that Coca-Cola was looking into CBD infused beverages, and I kind of thought, shit, did I somehow miss the the boat on this? Um, and I I started on that flight, you know, sending out emails to a couple of people on my trusted network, saying, look, I've been thinking about this idea. Did I somehow not time this right? Did I miss the mark? Um, and I got kind of unanimous uh, responses back from people saying, if you're going to do it, you should do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool part, though, is that that's actually what got me reconnected to Nick. So Nick was at Facebook and call it stars aligning. Nick reached out to one of those same investors I think within 48 hours of me reaching out to one of those investors, actually a mutual investor that we both had in our last company, and Nick reached out with the idea of a CBD-infused beverage for sports recovery because he had been experimenting and getting success with CBD um, uh, because he's an ultra-marathon runner, and he was using it for recovery. So that investor basically said, Warner, you need to reach out to Nick. Nick, you need to reach out to Warner. Uh, Nick and I talked, I think that week, and, uh, I think I put my resignation in like two weeks after that. Beautiful. <laughs> There's so much alignment in there though. And, and by the way, I love that when you're going on a tangent about, um, health, because I think it's a very, it's an extremely important topic, especially in entrepreneurship. Um, because we'll work ourselves to death if we're not actually cognizant of, of what we're doing to our bodies and our minds. Right. So, um, and I, I think it's great that that, is, that you know, is why we called our company good day. Um, it, that is part of our mission, um, to provide more good days all around from a physical, uh, and mental, uh, standpoint. I, I don't think people realize, uh, truly how stressful entrepreneurship is until you've been in, uh, you know, actually behind the wheel. Um, you know, we donate a hundred percent of our apparel sales, uh, to mental health nonprofits. So we're doing everything we can to, uh, let people know that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. That's uh, that's amazing. Uh, and I hope everybody listening also just goes just to check out besides the drinks, which we'll get to here in a second because I, I have some great thoughts about that. Um, but also the merchandise, um, and mental health and mental wellness has become a very big um, uh, focus of mine over the last two three years. Um, I it's it's something I'm become very passionate about because I know what I've gone through uh, on my own journey and and also what people are going through from just social media alone and like in comparing in, in this new world that we live in. I'm luckily like just turned 40. So <laughs> at least I, at least I had pre social and, and being raised pre social. But I think, uh, I think that's great that you're doing that. Um, and, and well needed. And it also, it's very much alignment with the movement of good day. Um, your drinks, I was looking at them online, uh, look incredible in terms of the ingredients, which I also think is a very big deal because as we learn a lot about our health, we learn a lot about the ingredients that go in our body and how they actually, um, you know, affect our neurological system, our brain capacity, um, us at the cellular level, what they're really doing in terms of our energy levels, um, and how can we optimize ourselves so we're not actually, we still have that working hard from an ethics standpoint, but a working smart because it's like, oh, I'm optimizing my day. And it wasn't until I started really optimizing my day with health and wellness at the very forefront of it, I actually started working less and maximizing more. So I, I think it's, you're, you're right in alignment <laughs> with what the entire entrepreneurial population needs. And then you, you got that CBD in there, which I use daily 
um, and yep. is uh, I've been using it daily for about two years now. I think your timing actually is impeccable because it's still early-ish. If I were to, I mean, I'm not still, saying. Okay. I would say it's still very early. Okay. There's still, right? there's still a lot of education needs to be done. Absolutely. Uh, I still have, you know, we still have people reaching out all the time uh, asking if these are going to get them high or, you know, <laughs> yep. people, will, a lot of people will actually say, I don't want to drink one of these until like I'm at home sitting on my couch. And right. You know the the non psycho aspect, non psychoactive aspects of CBD. Um, you know, it, very drastically different, obviously, than THC. I mean, they're they're essentially the yin and yang of each other. Absolutely, that, you're absolutely like I actually I in the fact that you have a morning, uh, midday, and and evening. I'm like, I'll just take them where I go. <laughs> so, yeah, you right? know, and, and you're you're absolutely right. It's very. I think it's also very early on, also from a quality standpoint and a supply and demand standpoint, because you're still yeah. you're the the farming has to still pick up, and then there's the tech and the logistics side on the farming and how they're making sure to be able to produce for the demand that's starting to pick up and vice versa. And then you've got all the regulations. So I, I think your timing is actually impeccable uh, in five to 10 years from now should be very interesting for you guys. <laughs> if you uh, haven't agreed. been acquired. Hopefully so. That's the plan. You know um, how, so like likenesses wise, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your, your side of, okay, I, I'm coming from tech, but now I'm, I'm focused on a, a, a two industries, a food and beverage and CBD and cannabis and infusing those together. No pun intended. Um, and, you know, entrepreneurship and of coming from tech and into this one, I'd be curious to hear those. Um, and then we can talk a lot about the things that are drastically different <laughs> after that. Sure. So start with likenesses, then go to things that are drastically different. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, likenesses, business is, is business. Exactly. Uh, so we have a product, uh, we have, you know, it's, it's an actual physical, uh, product that we have inventory of that's, you know, but it's still a product that fulfills a need and you need to find the you know ideal customer profile. Uh, you need to be able to provide the benefits to the buyer, uh, whether that's a retailer or a consumer in our, in our current case, and you need to sell it. So it's, 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 it's kind of business one Oh one, um, you know, selling restaurant technology to a restaurant. Uh, it's, it's, it's all of the same kind of basic structure of, of sales. Um, obviously manufacturing is very different and, you know, we, we've had, you know, I've manufacturing side, um, but everything that we're doing now, I guess I, you know, we, we launched initially direct to consumer. We still have a direct to consumer platform. Um, you know, I, ideally we think that that is where our, uh, kind of core consumers, uh, and our, and our, and our, the, the biggest advocates of our brand will ultimately buy from us. Uh, subscribe to us. You know, we we sell in a unique seven pack, so you can have one for each day of the week. I think that we might be the first beverage company in the world to ever actually sell in a seven pack. We, again, we wanted to do something different, but um, and I guess that is another kind of key differentiator. We wanted to do things different, and I think that's that is one thing from a likeness standpoint. Technology kind of uh, typically looks at something and says, how can we do this in a better, more efficient way? Or how can we make this a, a more enjoyable user experience? Mm -hmm. um, so from a likeness standpoint, we took a lot of that from the tech world and brought it to the beverage world. Um, we didn't want to create another sparkling water using natural flavors, throw a crappy, you know, can wrapper on it, drop some <laughs> CBD in it and just think it was going to sell. 
Um, I'm not saying that, you know, there are other people out there doing it, except there are other people out there doing that. You're not uh, offending. You're not offending me or the audience one bit. <laughs> We're very transparent here. <laughs> yeah. So, so we wanted to do something different. Um, you know, I'll, I'll quote, I guess I'll quote Steve Jobs there, which, you know, we, we wanted to really do something that uh, someone would look at and someone would look at the packaging. Someone would would get their seven pack in the mail and and actually have an experience they've never experienced with a beverage company before. Um, so we brought a lot of that kind of, um, you know, break from the norm mentality or kind of hack it in a way that is is a better uh, customer experience. And we brought that to the um, uh, but you know, the other likenesses, I mean, I, I'm pulling a lot of the, you know, going back to, um, a very efficient, uh, sales model that, uh, I created at Cisco. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of, I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm creating somewhat of a clone. Um, don't want to give away too much of the secret sauce here. We're, you know, we're figuring out a way to very strategically in a scalable, repeatable, um, predictable manner, uh, do sales activities that result um, in, in in revenue, uh, and then creating a machine that does that over and over again. I'm, I'm I, I you know I love so many lessons to be learned um, by by Henry Ford. You know one of my entrepreneurial kind of you know heroes. If you look at what what Henry Ford did, um, you know he he basically was he was not the first person that created an automobile. Mercedes actually created an automobile you know decades before, but Henry Ford realized that instead of taking uh, a, a highly skilled craftsman that would take someone, a single person months to put together uh, an automobile, break it into smaller, uh, repeatable uh, processes where you can have uh, essentially less skilled people uh, doing one thing over and over again, and you create the assembly line. Mm -hmm. um, so yep. taking kind of an approach like that to the typical uh, full sales cycle of prospecting uh, calling, scheduling meetings, performing demos, sending samples, asking for the business, going back and upselling, cross-selling, actually putting them, uh, putting that process uh, into a number of roles where uh, individuals can do one thing very, very well, and you move a sales prospect through that kind of machine-like um, model uh, is kind of what we're building right now and how we plan on, on, on breaking the beverage industry a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm grateful you brought this up and because I want everybody listening from, from my standpoint, coming from tech taught me a lot about systems, processes, funnels, um, customer experience and, um, you know, in that, that, and automation with a little bit of AI these days, but, uh, yeah. but that, that automation process changed my life. Um, and, yeah. uh, once I let go of understanding that, Automation does not mean losing personalization. It means enhancing it. Then it was a game changer in my life and any companies that I got attached to or, or anything I built my own because I realized, no, it actually helps us stay on our game even more for taking care of the people we intend to take care of. And uh, automation became my favorite thing. And, and, it, it just, it, and it's brilliant because it allows us to be that much better of it, both as an individual and a leader of a company, as well as, as the, per, the provider to the people of that product or service. So, uh, and I agree ahead. more. It's taking the trivial, repetitive tasks that just require a lot of literally manual labor a lot yes. of the times and kind of taking them off of your plate 
to allow to focus on, uh, you know, actually connecting with people and making sure that people, um, you know, have what they need rather than just kind of typing the same words in an email over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And then on, I was looking on your guys' site. First of all, you guys crushed that site. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so you. You can tell, like, there's there's definitely a a vibe of uh, you know, somebody knew some. I mean, you guys have friends probably with agencies, you know, in terms of like just that that design feel, that user experience feel. Um, you know how you can subscribe to the um to the product, like the whole subscription model to, for convenience. Um, and just like and again, just that that design and packaging that we talked about before the the start. Uh, you guys crushed it. I mean, <laughs> if I was being really honest, well, I won't take full credit. I will give a nod, uh, to our, uh, the agency that we worked with in New York city, um, for anybody looking, um, uh, to put together, I will say kind of a, a, a premium brand. Uh, we worked with a group in New York city called wonder sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, uh, you know, couldn't say enough great things about them. They, they did a great job of uh, listening to us in terms of what we wanted to bring to market. Um, and then it was a very, very um, kind of intimate, um, uh, collaborative, uh, you know, uh, process. Uh, but the fact that uh, us with Wondersauce kind of created the Good Day brand in, call it a 90-day period, um, I wow. guess that that's another wow. thing. Uh you know, I'll say this is a little bit of a different, I'll kind of segue into some, some differences, um, in the CPG contract manufacturing food and beverage industry, uh, is the speed. So I'll say that things move a lot slower than I'm used to. Um, uh, that took some time for me to kind of, uh, reset my expectations. I I'm used to kind of things happening instantaneously. Um, but, uh, you know, we did do a, a phenomenal job. I will kind of pat ourselves in the back. You know, March 1st was my last day at Cisco. Uh, April 1st uh, was, you know, was was Nick's last day at Facebook. Our third co-founder, Andy, uh, is working on a part-time basis. So the three of us combined with our agency, uh, basically in April, May, and June, uh, in a 90-day sprint, were able to create the brand, uh, create the e-commerce website, you know, write all the copy, design all the packaging, mm. uh, get all the packaging manufactured, formulate all three SKUs. And not only that, three SKUs in three entirely different categories, tea, coffee, and water. Find a high-quality, water-soluble CBD. Uh, put Find a contract manufacturer that was willing to work with CBD uh, and brought a, brought a product to market, you know, around July 15th. So in less than 120 days, we kind of created a company out of thin air. I mean, pat on the back is 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 um, nothing compared to really like how you were able to do that in 120 days. For somebody who said, I have to readjust my expectations and still launch. There are people who are stuck in their advise against. But uh, that's that's credible. And by the way, anybody listening, uh, since that was really great of you to put out that that resource, uh, Wonder Sauce. Make sure you say that good day sent you <laughs> like just out of just out of just giving you credit for, you know, because you, you know how this world works. Some people are like, oh, you know, we have this team. No, we won't say who it like. That's cool. Like, I'm very transparent, too. So good. Say say that it was, you know, it's Warner <laughs> from good day that said it on <laughs> Hustle Souls. I really like go to them. The packaging is on point. The um The messaging is so clean and simple and easy. And as are the ingredients. Like, I'm just. I just, I'm really in awe, you know, this, this simplicity. So I'll actually quote, um, I did a senior research, uh, project in, in college, 
and, and Jushi, a Neo-Confucian thinker, has a quote uh, that life is very simple, yet we insist on making it complicated. And uh, it's been a quote that's kind of stuck with me my entire life because I often remind myself, like, man, am I making this too complicated? You know, simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, and I think that the Good Day brand is very much kind of, um, you know, taking that concept of less is more and simplicity and bringing it to life. Um, we wanted to have uh, as clean, minimal, unprocessed, uh, whole, real, organic ingredients as possible um, because we wanted to people to really feel good, you know, pun intended there with what they're putting <laughs> in their body. Um, as someone that has changed their lifestyle and their entire relationship with food over the past, you know, five years, um, you know, I didn't used to look at the ingredient panel, you know, five, 10 years ago. Um, and now I don't eat anything unless I look at the ingredient panel and I like to recognize, and I know I'm not alone. I like to recognize every single ingredient and especially be able to at least pronounce every single ingredient. And it just, it amazes me the shit that is in some of the food products that we're eating these days. And, you, you know, it, it's not surprising to me uh, how, you know, we have obesity epidemics and we've got, um, you know, cancer rates that are, 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 are out of control. Um, so we really wanted, to, I mean, I wanted to have a beverage that I could drink every single day and look forward to drinking every single day. And I do drink a good day cold brew every single morning. Um, and now that we have our tea and sparkling water out, um, I mean, I was actually making uh, CBD infused citrus sparkling water uh, <laughs> cocktails, with a little tequila last weekend just uh, to get loose <laughs> a little bit, which tasted phenomenal, by the way. Um, <laughs> and the chamomile herbal tea is great. Like my, my wife, it loves the chamomile herbal tea. She's been drinking it all week, um, you know, kind of as uh, honestly, a replacement for Pinot Noir. Um, you know, to have a beverage is not going to make you hungover, but kind of helps you take the edge off. I mean, that's the whole point of having a glass of wine at night. Um, you know, I think that there's definitely going to be a movement towards these kind of non-alcoholic, healthy hydration uh, options that, that consumers are looking for. That's amazing, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. I got it all pulled up right here in front of me. So it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Now, for everybody listening, so they understand that, you know, as awesome as the similarities were and as awesome as you getting up the brand in 120 days, which, by the way, I, I want everybody listening to understand that that also came from experience, letting go, being very clear on what you want and just moving on it versus just sitting around and, and not, you know, trying to make this perfect thing. You just went very simple and clean and, and, and executed. But let's talk about some of the things you didn't see coming, the differences. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so that way, that way they at least know, okay, shit, there's sometimes, you know, the obstacles and the challenges that, that also come, but how you also adapted to them too. Sure. So, you know, from a food and beverage standpoint, unless you plan on raising a ton of money up front and building out your own manufacturing facility, um, the, the route is contract manufacturing. Um, and just the, the amount of different vendors that we had to deal with to get things off of the ground. Um, I knew it was going to be a lot. I guess I didn't really kind of realize how many it was going to be. And I'll, and I'll explain that, you know, part of the problems with that, but different box companies, you know, we're talking 
label companies. We have to order cans. We have to order our ingredients. We have to transport the ingredients. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, I don't even know how many different vendors we're working with. Call it somewhere between 15 and 20. Um, you know, you've got you've got credit card processing. You've got website. You've got our agency. I mean, there's just so many different hands where in a technology company, you know, essentially your overhead is your, you know, your sales, your marketing and your engineering team. And that's basically about it. And a lot of it, most of the control is kind of within your walls. Um, obviously there's kind of the customer service component of it, but you typically make the product, um, in a technology industry yourself. Um, obviously you can use and cobble together, uh, you know, open source software and, and third party pieces of technology. And yes, things do fail. Um, but I don't think that I really kind of fully understood again, how many, uh, people you rely on. And I will say that there were a number of early, uh, errors that were made that had nothing to do with us. It was literally someone else made a mistake and we kind of had to eat it or we had to figure out a way to correct it. So, um, it, things took longer. There was manufacturing delays. There's a delay here. The delay, I mean, even, even we actually had July 15th launch was supposed to be July 1st. We, we should have, and, and would have launched with our original goal of July one, if we didn't get hit with delays, you know, if a, if a machine goes down or if a machine part goes down or if the part for the machine didn't come in, uh, you know, whether that's manufacturing a box or printing a label, uh, or manufacturing, um, there's just a lot of room for error and you have to rely on other people. And I think that also requires you, uh, I would say lessons learned, uh, I guess the lesson learned is don't rely on other people. We, we now triple, <laughs> quadruple check everything um, and kind of make sure that things are on, on task. Um, you know, but even still, even recently we got hit with a, with, you know, even though we were checking to make sure statuses were on track, we got hit at the last minute with a delay, which knocked things off a week. So I just think that kind of the the speed is very different. The amount of hands that touch the end product uh, is very different. Um, and yeah, there have been a lot of bumps a along the way, but you know, there you you don't learn just by having you know smooth glassy water. You you learn when it gets choppy and when things go wrong, and that's really where the the, the true learning comes in, and that's what makes you a smarter business person entrepreneur, uh, you know, and general person, partner, whatever it may be. I mean, I've learned, taken a lot of, taken a lot of lessons from this round with, with my, with my wife and daughter. I mean, it's, it's all about patience and it's all about, uh, uh, you know, not repeating the same mistake twice. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, <laughs> excellent. assessment. I find it fascinating people in this whole concept of perfect and then failure. Um, Perfect is silly. It's stupid. Um, it doesn't exist, nor do you want it to. And failure isn't really failure. It's a signal, right? Like right. All, all it is is like, I need to know how to do this better and better and better. So I need customer or colleague or whoever to find whatever is not doing right so I can tweak it. I just treat everything like A-B testing. <laughs> if I was being honest, <laughs> I'm just a very big data person at this point. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, so I find it interesting for people when, they, when they're 
just keep moving. Like you're, there isn't an answer or, or the answer. There's an answer. And that's what's helped your decision, uh, to, to keep it moving, you know? Um, so I, I like that you, you, you brought that up. Um, and you also brought up about reliability. And I think that that's a very, very important topic because I have found that I, I understand, I learned a lot more about integrity. I've, integrity has always been, um, a value, but I had to really learn what that actually meant in relation to me and others, especially, you know, uh, in entrepreneurship, but as a whole, because, um, people following through, where do people fall accountable for whether they do what they say they're going to do, especially if you're relying on resources and, you know, in a multitude of different ways for your, for your company. And how do you then learn, how can you potentially do it yourself? <laughs> but, but with your team, like as an internal part of your process, where can you minimize the risk of having to be reliable on too many outside, outside resources because of, you know, time and accountability and integrity and, you know, and even if they're just good people, but they still, that reliability is tough, right? I mean, it's <laughs> people following through when they say they're going to follow through. <laughs> and then there's a multitude of, then you, then they bring out their emotional body selves. That's like, Oh, well this happened and that, and this is like, I'm cool with mistakes. I actually embrace them, but can we move through them to keep movement happening? Or are we going to just kind of play that game? You know? Yeah. So. I, that, it's that or, you know, this was something I experienced a lot back at, at uh, my position at, at Cisco in the you know research and development in their restaurant technology division. But uh, I found that people love to come and point out problems and a big pet peeve of mine. Like just like you said, I don't I don't problems exist every day all over the place, but don't come to me with a problem just to complain without offering some form of a solution. Otherwise, it's just bitching and complaining. So yeah, tell me tell me what's wrong, but then tell me how it can be fixed. And I think that that is a mentality that um, a lot of people that don't come from an entrepreneurial uh, background don't kind of fully understand. Um, but just like you said, you should always identify a problem and then immediately or at least my thinking is is start working on a route around that problem or directly through the problem, whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, if if you just stopped in your tracks uh, starting a company every time you came up to a problem, you wouldn't get anywhere. Uh, you'd be you'd literally just be dead in the water. So uh, I remind myself that I mean I have tough days. I have some days, you know, being 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 an entrepreneur definitely times because you'll go from having you know, a huge major breakthrough, a huge milestone. The next day you get hit with something that you just never, ever would have expected. And it can stop you dead in your tracks. And there have been days where I've just, you know, it's been momentary, but I've kind of been deer in headlights. Like, shit, what, what do I do? And then this kind of instinct that I've picked up over years just kind of kicks in, which is just, just, just like you said before, just move forward. Just figure out a way to keep this moving forward. Um, and that's something that me and my co-founders, you know, constantly have to remind each other. It's like, all right, there's another roadblock, but what are we going to do to get around it? I think you, you brought up excellent points too, which lead to a, another difference, right? Where, um, not just necessarily from an industry, but from, you know, from a corporate setting, um, to an entrepreneurial setting in the corporate setting, there's also, um, a lot of. Um, fear and uh, identity 
saving going on. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was I was consulting recently with a with a company and saying that the goal is when you're when you're dealing with a lot of especially senior executive type people. I'm like, how do you enhance their identity um, and minimize their fear that they're going to lose it, be, lose their identity because the reason. Don't, they're no longer feel quote unquote valuable, which then leads to no vulnerability, no saying like there's a mistake, pointing out who else is at fault, not themselves, like a whole other, there isn't that flexibility to make stuff happen fast the way entrepreneurial endeavors do. And you see this all the time. That's why a lot of these big brands are actually acquiring all these small ones that are just rising faster than the big brands because their new strategy is like, we'll just acquire <laughs> because we can't change fast enough compared to these guys coming into the market. Now you know, we'll just, we'll just do acquisitions. Um, and I think you, you bring up a great point of, you have to deal with all these things as an entrepreneur. Um, I say it's the fastest uh, path to self-awareness and, and personal growth <laughs> is because you don't really have the luxury of the structure that comes from um, uh, like, hey, just do this and you'll be fine. Um, you have to adapt very quickly uh, while at the same time do things that make sense um, while at the same time learning what does actually make sense and what doesn't based off of making decisions that can go one of, uh, you know, many different ways. So, yep. So there you go. <laughs> but now, uh, what, um, what you're, you're, you know, you guys, I can't believe you're a year in, um, you guys are, are, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm viewing from the outside, but you guys, I'm just looking at how much you've done in that time frame. Uh, is phenomenal. What uh, what do you guys have coming up next? Like, where are you heading, or, or anything on the horizon here coming to twenty twenty and a new decade? What's 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 going on? Sure. So you know, recent major milestone uh, was getting the last two of our SKUs out. So we we always had this vision of providing different functional beverages. Uh, for for kind of different um, parts of the day, I, I don't like to you know prescribe cold brew coffee to the morning because very often I will have one in the afternoon. Uh, but kind of different energy outputs. So cold brew coffee, it's stocked full of caffeine. It has the CBD that kind of counteraffects that. We have tons of people that email us uh, our kind of unofficial you know tagline for for our cold. Uh, really love the fact that this cold brew doesn't create kind of that jittery out of body feeling that a lot of people don't like. Um, and then we have on the other end of the spectrum, the chamomile herbal tea, chamomile and CBD together, both with their natural calming properties are kind of that, that, you know, wind yourself down, unwind beverage. And then the citrus sparkling water, uh, which is very different from ours. We, we only flavor with organic uh, mandarin, orange, uh, lime and grapefruit juice. Uh, and then our hemp extract, that's kind of for any time, any day. So um, we, we, you know, we had the cold brew, so we launched that first. We just manufactured our chamomile herbal tea and our, uh, and our citrus sparkling water uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're now driving that out to market. So looking forward, it's all about getting uh, onto store shelves, uh, you know, getting brand awareness so more people can experience the Good Day brand and uh, ultimately uh, taste one of our beverages. Uh, so we're all about getting our product on store shelves so people can try uh, kind of the single uh, a single can and then uh, hopefully go to our website and purchase that seven pack that I mentioned earlier uh, or subscribe. So you basically can have your weekly supply of coffee or tea just delivered to your door on a, on a, on a recurring basis. Uh, so right now it's really about sales. And the great part is this has kind of uh, been my career is <laughs> is putting together scalable sales processes. So I'm, I'm really kind of excited to uh, be in my own comfort zone 
Uh, we hired a couple of sales representatives. We're selling directly into retailers. Uh, so if there are any retailers out there, we can basically ship directly to your front door. We have a delivered price. We try to make it very easy. Um, you know, we're, we're building out a business to business e-commerce uh, portal. So just like a consumer can purchase online, uh, we do have wholesale.drinkgoodday.com, which is a wholesale portal uh, that will allow uh, businesses to go on and low minimum order quantities. So building that out, uh, partnering with beverage distributors, we just signed our first New York City beverage distributor that will start. Um, this is a more traditional beverage route, which we're also pursuing. Uh, so we have uh, a New York City distributor. We're working on distributors in other major markets. So the plan is for people to see these beautiful cans on shelves uh, at retail entry, um, you know, all throughout 2020. Um, and then we also are already working on our next three SKUs. I'll, I'll kind of leave uh, leave those uh, as a bit of a surprise. But we are working on more beverages within that coffee, water, and tea category. Um, you know, with, uh, with some different flavor profiles. That's awesome, man. You guys got a lot coming up. Um, I expect to see, actually, I don't want to say that. I'll be grateful when I see it in the stores <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll connect you up. Where can everybody find you right now online and also potentially get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, best way to stay kind of connected to the company would be, uh, you know, we, we have a Facebook, Twitter, but Instagram definitely is kind of where, um, you know, we are a very visual brand. Uh, we have some amazing photographers. Uh, so the uh, Instagram handle is at drink good day, D-R-I-N-K-G-O-O-D-D-A-Y. Uh, so at drink good day, um, that, that's also, you know, the, the handle for our other social accounts. Um, or drinkgoodday.com. That's our e-commerce website, um, and that's where people can purchase. And then, uh, yeah, if you're in New York City, uh, we will have, uh, call it, dozens of locations in the next few weeks that will be stocking us. Um, we do have a locations tab as well in our Instagram account, so you can see some of our other locations. We're, you know, we're in North Carolina, we're in Pittsburgh, we're in Columbus, Ohio, we're in... Uh, Los Angeles, uh, Austin, Texas. So we're, we're kind of sprinkled throughout the U.S., um, but expect to see that footprint grow. That's awesome, man. I, I Listen, I dig everything you guys are doing. Um, and uh, it's a journey-driven podcast, so you're welcome back on anytime. Uh, you know, what you want to do six months from now, a year from now. Uh, we can even put out right now what your intention is for 2020, which I think you just did. And we can then <laughs> compare notes at this time next year. <laughs> Have you I back on? That would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, all guests are welcome back on because obviously things change so fast and, and the growth is there. And that's kind of the, the purpose of what we're doing here. So uh, really appreciate having you on, man. Absolutely uh, appreciate your time. Cool. Absolutely. And I guess one other thing I didn't mention, I'm pretty sure that we did set up uh, a special promo code for your audience, uh, Hustle25. Uh, if you enter that as a promo code on our website, that does offer 25% off uh, first order of Good Day. Yeah, you beat me to it. I'm glad you said it because that way it came from your mouth. <laughs> so, you know, so we're already in sync there. And um, and they can just do that just from just going to drinkgoodday.com. And then from there, they can just enter uh, Hustle25, right? Uh, That's correct. Hustle25, there's a little uh, promo code at checkout and that'll knock 25% uh, off. Cool. Uh, everybody listening, you guys know I also do extensive show notes inside 
the spot of uh, you know the um the episode so on Spotify and iHeartRadio and Apple like you'll see it below so I'll put this in the notes in case you guys ever need to refer back to it uh and uh you know it'll be there for as long as the guys say it's there <laughs> basically uh cool. you know absolutely appreciate your time everybody else listening please uh check out you know Warner Siebert he's uh you know drink CEO of Drink Good Day uh, along with um, Nick Miller. And who's who's the other third co-founder? Andy Gabriel. And Andy Gabriel. Uh, please go support them. Go check out Drink a Day on Insta. Go check out their website. Uh, reach out to Warner if you need anything. Um, and he'll guide you in any number of ways. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time. 100% Warner. For the Hustle Soul Separately, from- we are out.